Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With that said, let's go ahead, open up the uh, science lab here. Well, I shouldn't say the science lab. Open up your notepads. Click your pens. And let's get ready to walk into the scientific method. Hey, Pat, I don't want no problems. No problems with dot com. I don't know nothing about no science lab. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What's See, good, cause bro? Because if, if, if the dot com try to go at you, then I got to jump in front of that and I got to play arbitrator. Like, you know what I mean? Let me be great. Hey, look, great. look, look, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll tease that later. But I slipped up there, boy. Listen, yeah. we, I'm going to have to redact that. We're going to have to be welcome, Patrick. No, see, walking to the <laughs> scientific method. Good oh, morning, man. good sir. What, what's up? I'm good. How you doing, King? Uh, I'm fantastic, <laughs> man. Um, let me say this real quick. Shouts out to you, brother. You, 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 and how you're handling these trolls. You are taxing them at the bridge this week because Philly fans are in shambles, and I absolutely love it. Oh, I love what oh, you're doing. Oh man, it's, it's it's just light work, bro. It is light work to say the least. I mean, like they are um the the lines of cope that they're snorting this week, uh, it's enough to make Scarface jealous. Like, yeah, but we're bathing in that because this is, this is what you get. Like you can't, you can't give out smoke for weeks and weeks on end over a five point victory in week nine, you know, at that point talking about how our season is over and how, uh, the, the division race is over and, you know, coming at me and my mentions for that four or five week period, or longer talking about how um, uh, how the Cowboys got dominated, how the Eagles won in convincing fashion. I mean, these are actual English words that were being used to describe a five-point win that came down to a, a knee, uh, a toenail, and a false start. So then, okay, that's how you want to play it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this entire ass whooping that you took. Um, so, but then now they want to say, "Oh no, the you saw the one I, I responded to yesterday. Uh, the the score doesn't tell the story. Oh, oh, doesn't it? It doesn't. You're right. <laughs> it doesn't tell the story because it should have been like sixty into that. to six. Yeah, it should have been like sixty to six. But anyway, man, um, it's it's Thursday morning. I mean, and, and people like you, myself, and the other analysts. I mean, we've we've been having our fun with it, but we've also been on to the Bills for a couple of days now. The Eagles, they they don't they couldn't tell you who they play this weekend because they're still hurting. They still hurt, and what they don't, what they fail to realize with you, man, is that the pen you use, the ink is actually lava, bro. They don't understand that. They really don't, and I love it. I love sitting back and watching you just obliterate them with your words, bro. But uh, let's, like you said, let's go ahead, let's move on. We had our fun. It's time to focus our 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 attention on what I believe is a better team, and that is the Buffalo Bills. But before we do that. Can you give us an update on the Cowboys practice report? Because I gave the folks an update on the Bills, but Dallas had a lot of guys sitting out yesterday. 
Yeah, uh, you know, Wednesday, it's a veteran rest day for a lot of guys. So, of course, that lengthened the injury report for the Cowboys. But it was also a walkthrough as well. So when I look in, I see someone like Malik Hooker, who's dealing with an ankle, and he was DNP, did not participate on yesterday. Um, that would have raised an eyebrow if it was a full practice, but it was a walkthrough. So for me, it just means it's something to keep an eye on. Let's see what the injury report looks like today for a guy like Malik Hooker. Will he be limited? If he's DNP again today, then – I wouldn't say um, I'm going to DEFCON 1, but my eyebrow would raise and say, okay, well, what's his actual availability odds? Um, But we'll see how that goes today. Um, Obviously, the headline is going to be Jonathan Hankins. Hankins suffered a high ankle sprain. It's being described to me as mild. Um, I asked asked a couple people around the building on yesterday and the day before, you know, what's the temperature as far as um, potential IR, and they kind of shrugged that off, and that gives me the – the uh, implication that he's not an IR candidate as we have this conversation. Um, So the Cowboys, it seems like the Cowboys feel confident that this might just be like a two-game situation, uh, if that. So they're going to play it um, this week and uh, sit him, which is what it looks like. I asked McCarthy about it directly yesterday, and he said, quote-unquote, he'd be hard-pressed to to take the field against the Bills. So I'd go ahead and scratch him against the Bills for everyone uh, out there listening. Uh, But he does have a shot. Might be a long shot right now, but he does have at least a shot of taking the field against the Dolphins. But That's as far huge. as IR, that yeah, IR is not in the discussion right now. So uh, even if even if it's a situation still where he is out two weeks, as Buffalo, that's Miami, that still puts him on the field against the Detroit Lions, which is a massive NFC game. No, that, um, yeah. so yeah, so right now um, it looks like he he could dodge IR. They keep using the word mild when it comes to me. Not a lot of concern. That's the kind of phrases that are being used. So fingers crossed that stays the that stays the way with stays the course with Jonathan Hagan. Have you heard uh, down there if they're going to bring up Carl Davis? That's the expectation. So um, in speaking with some folks and then speaking with McCarthy on yesterday, it sounds as if Carl Davis will get his first practice squad elevation. Uh, this weekend, uh, he was signed on the back end of November, I think November 28th, 29th, something like that. He's been on the practice squad, uh, and that timing could not have been more fortuitous yeah. uh, because obviously, yeah, obviously gave the Cowboys some depth at the position. Unbeknownst to them, a couple, you know, two, three weeks later, they would lose Jonathan Hankins for possibly a couple games or so. So um, just fantastic scouting and, and personnel work done by Stephen and Will and Jerry and Mike just staying on top of that. So Carl Davis, former third-round pick, um, not an older guy, not necessarily a, a, the youngest guy. He's right there, you know, in the middle, you know, mid-late 20s. Uh, he's got 19 NFL starts under his belt, so he's, you know, not a ton, but he's played some NFL football as a starter, uh, and that's going to be, you know, massive for the Cowboys. I, I, I equate him to hopefully, we'll see what he can do on the field, for, but hopefully he can be for them what, like, Chuma Idoga was, right? So you bring mm-hmm. in that veteran uh, and you're hoping that you don't need him, but then if you need him, you're hoping he can step in and, and be an effective player like Chuma was. So hopefully Carl on the defensive side can be what Chuma was on the offensive line, and that will take a lot of pressure off of Mozzie Smith, but that doesn't mean there won't be added pressure on Mozzie Smith because there will be added pressure on Mozzie Smith. Yes. He's going to get more reps. He's going to get more burn. Uh, he's going to have to, you know, wrap up his development pretty quickly here in the absence of Jonathan Hank. I think there's going to be a ton of pressure on, on those guys without Jonathan Hankins. And honestly, you know, this defense in general is, is is going to have some pressure put on them because a guy like Jonathan or Jonathan Allen, Josh Allen over there on the other side of the ball is, is a, 
he's a tough dude, man. He's a tough dude, literally, physically. He's tough, and he, he's kind of tough to prepare for because we can do on the ground and through the air. But to you, what what makes Josh Allen one of the tougher guys to to deal with and prepare for uh, for opposing defenses? Uh, it's the same thing that made Donovan McNabb uh, difficult to deal with, and that's that's one of the comps that keeps popping in my head when I think of Josh Allen, and and that's because if you if you force if you forced Donovan McNabb to throw from the pocket, he could make all the throws from the pocket. But he was equally, if not more so, willing to take off and run when he needed to take off and run. But when he took off and run, the guy was a unit, and Josh yeah. Allen is a unit. So getting him down on the on the ground, that's that's a much more daunting task than you know trying to get like a Kyler Murray who's more shifty. But once you get your hands on him, you got your hands on him. Uh, Josh Allen, what you got once you have your hands on him, that doesn't mean he he's going to the ground. It might mean you're going to the ground, but he might still be running after after the uh, the attempted tackle. So Josh Allen is difficult in the capacity of you want to treat him like a Jalen Hurts in the aspect of you need to keep him in the pocket and keep contained. But where he differs from Jalen Hurts is once he's in the pocket and contained and you delete the ability for him to escape, now you have to collapse the pocket and you have to get hands on him and you have to sack him. It's not enough to simply just say, okay, we got him in the pocket. Let's see what he can do. Well, you know what he can do if you just give him the perfect pocket. It's not about testing his arm. He has the arm, yeah. right? And he has the playmakers, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, the list goes on and on, James Cook out of the backfield. So he can surgically dissect you in that fashion if you don't apply pressure. But if you apply pressure, that pipe will burst, and it will burst again and again and again. And he's the kind of guy that he's boom or bust still. So yep. either he's going to have four touchdowns and 400 yards with you know none or one interception, or he's going to give you three interceptions and a fumble with only 175 yards, and he's going to be the reason they lost the game. The latter is what the Cowboys are looking for, but it begins with not only forcing him to stay in the pocket, not only keeping contained, but you got to get to him and you got to get him on the ground. Indeed, man, and, and you absolutely have to be able to cover his top guys on that on that back end, right? He's got some playmakers back there, and his number one playmaker is obviously Stephon Diggs, and we have our own Stephon, right? Stephon Gilmore. Gilly, man, he on a hot streak, brother. He he on a nice little hot streak, and I know he's about to go into a cold environment, but it's a familiar environment. You wrote an article about Gilly going back to Buffalo, and I think that matchup is 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 key. Do you have a do you have a feel that they'll continue this kind of star coverage situation? I know they haven't been you know keeping Gilly on one guy the whole game, but this this feels like hey man, let's ride the hot hand here. Yeah, this is as close to traveling as you'll probably get when it comes to the Cowboys secondary because they don't necessarily, Dan Quinn doesn't necessarily like to assign one guy to one guy and then travel that guy. But you've seen Gilly travel enough where you can, you know, uh, you can presume that that's going to be the case against a guy who's targeted as heavily as Stephon Diggs is. And then when you look at the heater uh, that Stephon Gilmore is on as far as coverage and, mm-hmm. and tackling and, and being right there on the guy's hip, I think it just it just makes sense, and then of course he's getting some uh, some top secret inside intel <laughs> from Trevon Diggs, um, and thing. has has been since training camp. Uh, so he, he's there's plenty of information on Stefan Diggs for Stefan Gilmore to dissect, including film. Obviously, he said on yesterday that you know even though he's getting some insight um, from Trevon, that's not going to 
undermine his his weekly tradition of dissecting the film on the guys that he's going to cover. Uh, and the thing about Gilmore is I know he's not the fastest guy, but especially after what A.J. Brown said to him, I think that he's looking to be much more physical than he's been in the past couple years, and that's what you saw against A.J. Brown. Now, here's where that comes into play against Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is easily one of the most explosive wide receivers in the league, easily. But he can be frustrated very easily if you get physical with yeah. him. You get your hands on him and push him around a little bit, you can knock him off of his game mentally. And if that then causes – or knocking him off of his routes and off of his timing, if that then causes Josh Allen to look away from him, then put your eyes to the sidelines because you're going to start to see Steph, Stephon Diggs' uh, attitude toward Josh change over the course of the game. And then, aha, gotcha. So – when it comes to Stephon Diggs, it's more so about disrupting his timing. Um, try to get him on the press if you can. Uh, don't give him free releases. And the safeties are going to be stressed um, to do their job in a big way. Malik Hooker, as he roams the center field like that, whether it be single high with Malik or you know a double high and you're dropping curse down or whatever you do, whatever you need to do, yeah. however you need to figure it out, you need to draw a circle around Stephon Diggs. Uh, because if you can delete him from the game, which also goes to deleting Josh Allen by sacking him and taking him down, um, then you have a massive chance of winning. And when it comes to weather, I'm glad you brought that up really quickly. So many of these Dallas Cowboys um, don't necessarily know what it feels like to play in Buffalo in December. The good news is, is if the weather holds up as it stands right now, it'll just be perfect football weather. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, upper, upper, uh, 40s, maybe tap dance at around 50, moderate wind, cloudiness, but the sun peeking through it, with no precipitation. If that holds, weather's not that much of a factor. But if it were to dip a little bit or you get some of that random lake effect stuff, nothing Stephon Gilmore isn't accustomed to. He's a former 10th overall pick from guess who? The Buffalo Bills. Yep. Spent five years with the Bills, and then guess where he went? The New England Patriots. So, And then not only was he playing at Gillette in that weather, but guess who he had to play twice a year? The Buffalo Bills. So he knows Orchard Park. He knows how to play in front of that fan base. He knows how to play in front of that in that weather. So it's uh, it's more or less a homecoming for him. So hey. I, think, I expect he'll have a big game. I had a stint in Erie for a couple of years, which is it was adjacent to Buffalo in very similar weather. Let me tell you something right now. 48 winds of 8 to 10 or so miles per hour, sun is out. That's a Talk balmy spring day, Talk bro. That is a balmy Talk spring <laughs> day. As long as you got the heated benches, you know, we're not playing in the poverty franchise in Washington where they ain't got heated benches. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to yeah. take hours. Nah, long sleeves with the coat, you know, you're good to go. Talking about here, 48 degrees? We all we play football. 48, 48 degrees is football weather. Come on. Dude, 48 degrees in mid-December in upstate New York. Spring. I mean, like, the, the yes, the football gods, <laughs> again, as long as this holds, they, I want to keep saying that because I don't want to piss off the football gods by assuming, but based on what the football gods are telling the meteorologists to tell us, it, it's looking good right now. And if that stays the case, then weather will not be a factor, and that completely takes – uh, a lot of leverage away from the Bills, and it just evens the scales. And then it's just about who's the better team, who wants it more, who's going to commit the uh, the fewest amount of uh, self-inflicted wounds. Indeed, man. We got Patrick Nosey Walker, DallasCowboys.com, joining us. Can you give us a uh, Science Lab TM teaser uh, or your article that you're going to have this week? Hey, hey uh, Derek, you see I TM that, right? So, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
be good there. <laughs> I, can't with, I can't with you, bro. I can't. All right, so all love. Science Lab, Science Lab drops this morning um, on the dot com. Uh, typically around 10 a.m. Central Time, no later than 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, but this week we're going to focus on Brandon Aubrey. The last time I dedicated the Science Lab to Brandon Aubrey, it was right as he was uh, about, or he was on the cusp of potentially breaking the NFL um, record for most consecutive field goals to start an NFL career. But it, I think it was like three or four kicks before then because he was already on the heater. That made me wonder if he could be better than Dan Bailey's rookie season. Well, now fast forward to where he is now, uh, and he has already surpassed that. But doing a deeper dive into the numbers, um, what was eye-opening to me was, and I'll, this is a huge spoiler, but you still got to read it to see what how I came to this conclusion. Um, Brandon Aubrey deserves to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation, but not just in the conversation. He deserves to be a front-runner. And I know who he's going up against, and I talk about that in the article as well. But if you go back, and I did, if I, I went back and I looked at the history of the Offensive Rookie of the Year Award and the NFL Rookie of the Year Award over the span of, well, since 1955, over the span of six different voting platforms, and it's going to drop your jaw how infrequently a place kicker gets their respect. But now needs to be the time because if you're ever going to give a place kicker his respect in that fashion, it's got to be Brandon Aubrey based on what he's doing. So check out Science Lab. It is deep dive, robust. It's delicious. It's it's seasoned well, and just uh, feed yourself this morning. Seasoned well. Hey, that that sounds at the sidelines hilarious. But uh, Patrick Nosey Walker. <laughs> <laughs> DallasCowboys.com. Appreciate you, my brother, man. Make sure y'all check him out later today with that fantastic article on the Science Lab. Yes, All right, sir, brother. Talk to you at 11 and 3. Indeed. Peace. Thanks for watching and make sure to follow and subscribe to A to Z Dallas so you don't miss an episode of The Scientific Method. Every Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Central on Facebook and YouTube with every episode available on A to Z Sports dot com.